Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Glad you're here today. Glad to see everybody here and in the Christmas spirit. And we welcome everyone to our uh, Advent season and our time of worshiping God and preparing for the coming of Christ. Uh, We welcome our guests, especially this morning. You're very important to us, and we're glad that you're here and welcome you and hope you'll feel very much a part of our uh, our family as we worship God together today. I've got a couple of guests with me. Uh, my, uh, my brothers are here. My much older brothers are, are here. My, my brother Rick and my brother Mike are back, is back there, and my sister-in-law Susie, and so we're glad that you're here. Welcome. We've been having, having fun this weekend as we're sharing this time together. Uh, But let me uh, call to your attention some announcements that we have. Let me remind everyone first of the attendance sheets on each row. I'd like to ask if you would to please uh, take that out and fill it out as uh, completely as you feel comfortable uh, giving the information that you have there and uh, check the appropriate box. We would appreciate having a record of your attendance with us today. Uh, Some things that are coming up. It's going to be an active week. We have a lot of things coming up this week. Um, beginning on Tuesday, we have our joy lunch. We'll be having our joy lunch on Tuesday uh, for our senior citizens. But it's not just for senior citizens. It's for everybody. It's for everybody. So if you are available on Tuesday at noon, come on by here. Uh, bring a dish, bring a friend, and it'll be a great time. And the program, you will not be disappointed, folks. Uh, Summer Bennett will be here bringing our Christmas music special, right? Yep. And, uh, and it's always wonderful, folks. So I hope you'll be here Tuesday for our joy lunch. Uh, next Sunday, during this time, about right now or a little bit after now, our children, who have been practicing very hard, will be bringing their, cho- their uh, children's Christmas program and it's called Happy Birthday Jesus. Y'all been working hard on that? Yeah. You ready for it? Yeah, okay. I am too. We're, we're excited about it. We're looking forward to seeing that. Uh, also next week, next Sunday afternoon, your deacons will be hosting a, uh, a reception, a, a open house here at the church for each of you in honor of you, actually. It's a way for the deacons to say, how much they appreciate the families that they minister to here at Community Baptist Church. So that will be next Sunday uh, between 2 and 4 here at the church. This is an open house. We'll have some, uh, some goodies, some snacks, some, uh, some punch and cookies and those kinds of things, and hope that you'll come and be here for that. And speaking of our deacons, uh, you, you have printed in your uh, worship folder the results of the deacon election that we had last week. Um, those deacons who were elected are Jika Crafton, Mark Hobson, Mike Sugg, Danny Vincent, and a new, new deacon, uh, Matthew North, was elected. So thank you for electing these fine deacons, and thank you for, uh, uh, for agreeing to serve in this capacity. We're, uh, we're glad that everyone is here today. It's great to, to share this time of worship and fellowship together. And so let me invite you now to stand and greet each other as we share the love of Christ with one another.
Okay, as we are returning to our seats, I'd like to invite our children to come up for our, our uh, children's moment. Miss Mary will be up here, and I think she's going to have something to say before the children's moment. I've got something to say before she does. Uh-oh. <laughs> We've got uh, two birthdays this, this weekend, one today that's uh, Tim Hall, who's back there in the sound department. Happy birthday, Tim. Also, our pastor, his birthday is tomorrow. I think he's going to be 39. 39. So we want to, we want to stand and sing happy birthday, please. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Tim and Jill. Happy birthday to you. Thanks so much. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. All right. Any children, come on down for the children's moment. I think Mary has something else she'd like to say there. Thank you for that, for that birthday come on, rendition. Zoe. Miss Zoe's here this morning. Let's see if I can do Well, I'm going to go ahead and sit down if that's okay. I asked Dr. Kim, you guys, some of you were here last week. You remember? And remember that table that was over here? That was just covered with food. Okay. And we've talked back in Sunday school about children's uh, having a church family. Remember? Church family? Okay. Well, I, I just wrote a few words. Have a seat on your bottom, please. And this is because of my church family. Okay? And this says, because of you, church family, John and me and Kelsey and Jake have a wonderful, caring group of friends. And our family life is stronger. You know that? That's what a church family does for you. And you know what? Because of this church, I'm on staff here. You know what that means? I kind of work here at the church. And that means I get to work with all you all. And uh, it helps support my family because they actually pay me to be working with you guys. How cool is that? I know. (laughs) And you know what else? Because of my church family, you know, Dr. Tim just announced all the new deacons. I'm a deacon, too, and that's because of my church family. I know it. And you know what else because of my church family? I have another job at Christian Outreach, and I wouldn't have that job if it wasn't for my church family. I seen you one day when we were driving by. I know, and, and you know what? Not only do I get to work at Christian Outreach, but did you guys know that Miss Christine and Miss Brittany are our board members at Christmas Christian Outreach for our church? They come and make sure that I'm spending the money like I should be spending the money. And then look out here. Guys, look, look out here. If you have ever, on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we go pick up Walmart. Walmart gives us about 6,000 pounds of food a month. 
6,000 pounds of food a month. And some of our folks have volunteered, and they love every minute of going to Walmart and picking that up. So if you've ever been with Phil and his group, stand up. Where's the Walmart crew? Come on, you guys. Where's the Walmart crew? That's it. Now, I think, you guys, you know what? You know how men are bottom to bottom, back to back. Crazy? Well, they do... They do work hard when they get the Walmart stuff. They work very hard because it's a lot of hard work. But then, for some reason, they always have some place to go for lunch right after they deliver on Fridays. And I won't even tell you where they go, but that's a different story. Okay. Now, this is, I've got to finish my story here. This is my because story. Okay. Because of my church family, listen to this, you guys. In four weeks, my church family gave 2000 food, and personal care items to outreach. 2,000. Bottom to bottom. I know. And because of my church family, now listen to this. I wrote, your constant support helps me feed at Christian Outreach on average 1,500 mouths each month. 1,500 mouths each month. And sometimes when y'all give me money, which just this morning I got two checks, sometimes I can help people down there, families down there, keep their heat on this winter because sometimes they don't have the money to keep their heat on. So sometimes I can help them keep their uh, heat on. How cool is that for this church family to do that? You know what? And then sometimes I get to give people money for gas in their cars because um, I had a lady come in the other day, and she has a 12-year-old little girl. And this 12-year-old little girl weighs almost 300 pounds. And she had to get her to Louisville. So with the church family's money sometimes, I get to rent cars and I get to give people gas to get to Louisville to get to the doctor's appointments. Now, how fun is that? That's pretty fun, isn't it? And you know what? The last thing I'm going to say, I am so blessed and grateful and thankful to have found this church family. All right? So that's why we have to be very thankful to be in a church family of caring people like this. So this time I want you guys to stand up and I want you to to give them a big hand for being a wonderful church family. All right. Thank you guys. Walk the children.
Please join me in our, our responsive reading today. Uh, one, you know, one thing I've noticed about responsive readings is that, um, and, and I understand why, when we read responsively, uh, I think we are listening for the people around us to read, and, and we're trying to gauge our time and everything with everybody else. And as a result, a lot of times our responsive reading comes out like this, <laughs> kind of dull, yeah, praise Jesus. <laughs> you know what? But this responsive reading is all about joy. And so don't, don't be listening to everybody else. And let's, let's, let's read this responsively and joyfully together. There's a song that fills the air in these days. Hey, that sounds good. Thank you. A song of love for those who have been wounded. A song of celebration for those whose joy is full. A song for adults. May this melody of God's grace also fill our hearts and spill out into our lives. Amen. What the joy of Christmas means to us. Joy Joy is is the the truest sign of the presence of God. Christmas gives us joy because we have the privilege of sharing the love of Christ with our families, our friends, and our neighbors. We enjoy preparing meals and sharing fellowship around the table. We've been blessed to hold open houses multiple times in each of our 19 places of abode. Having people in our home brings us joy. At Christmas, celebrating the birth of our Savior with children and once again being children ourselves brings us joy. We love to decorate our tree and house and give gifts of time and love to each other and those we hold dear. My greatest joy is celebrating Christmas with my closest friend. We rejoice remembering and repeating Christmas stories from other years. We recall those stories through phone calls and Christmas cards across the globe as we contact friends made during our 52-plus years of marriage. We begin writing our cards in October, so they'll be ready to mail in early December. I'm running late this year. (laughs) 
and we wait with joyful anticipation to hear back from our longtime friends. The joy of Christmas is most meaningfully expressed for us through the worship of Christ and through the singing of carols. I was blessed to be able to carol with my accordion even in Vietnam and Thailand and even during our first few years as we returned back to Henderson. If I told you the story of how I had an accordion in Vietnam and Thailand, that would take up more time than we have. But it was really a miracle. Music brings us joy, be it a solo, a symphony, a child or children. Music brings us joy. The worship of Christ brings us joy, both privately and in congregations. Now, as an aside here, when Jerry was a chaplain and pastor, I sometimes had difficulty stepping back and really worshiping because I was maybe critiquing him or afraid, holding my breath, afraid he was going to say something a bit too personal, which he was guilty of. (laughs) Do I have stories about that? But seriously, worship always brings us joy. The joy of Christmas carries us through the daily struggles of our lives. We all have struggles, and joy puts a smile on our faces and peace in our hearts. So So as we we light light the second second candle candle of Advent, Advent, it symbolizes the joy that the celebration of Christmas brings to each of us.
Our scripture this morning is taken from the book of Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Let us pray. Loving God, we come to you in thanksgiving, knowing that all we are and all we have is a gift from you. In faith and love, help us to do your will. Yes, we are listening. Lord God, speak your words into the depths of our souls that we may hear you clearly. We offer to you this day all the faucets of our lives, whether it be at home at work or at school, to be patient, to be merciful, to be generous, and to be holy. Give us the wisdom and insight to understand your will for us and the fever to carry out our good intentions. 
we offer our gifts of time and talent and possessions to you as a true act of our faith to reflect our love for you and our neighbor. Help us to reach out to others as you, our God, have reached out to us. And in this time, we give you our lives and your tithes. In your holy name, we do pray and we say amen.
that's my big brother. You may remember last week um, uh, we started out the Advent season with you helping me to uh, preach my sermon or to start my sermon. And I'm going to do that every week during Advent. I'm going to let you help me to start my sermon each week during Advent. And this week we're talking about joy. Um, and at this time of the year, during the Christmas season, we, we, we like to talk a lot about joy, don't we? We tout the Christmas season as being a, a season of joy. And we sing songs like we sang just a few moments ago, Joy to the World. And we sing songs like, uh, Tis the Season to Be Jolly, you know. So these are kind of happy things there. However, sometimes, even at a season, and sometimes especially at a season like this, that joy eludes us. And sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of the season that we fail to recognize the joy um, that is available to us. And so to help me begin my sermon today, my message today, the question is this, what are some things that can rob us of joy at this time of the year? Who would like to share something? What are some things that can rob us of joy at this time of the year? I think it's always sad because of the ones that we've lost that have gone on. It, it you know, is, we miss them at this time of the year. Yes, those loved ones that we've lost at this time of the year, it seems to be a little deeper, uh, the, 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 uh, the void that's in our lives, and we miss those that we've lost. Oops. Those in the military away from us. Okay, those in the military or, or other things that are away from us that are, that are not at home during this time of the year. Who else? See, I'm putting on my, my game show shoes again. Healthy this year as they have been. Those people who are who are not as healthy as, as they have been. Anyone else? Anybody else? Here we go. I think getting too caught up into the Madison Avenue commercialization of it and feeling we have to shop, 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 and all those things. Yeah, we, you know, we, that's so much a part of Christmas is the shop, shop, shop. And, and I guess in, in some ways they, are, they can be fun, but they're also kind of, a, it's kind of a, something that we're expected to do, and it just kind of loses its luster, doesn't it? Loses the joy, and, and the, the meaning of Christmas kind of gets lost in, in that. I thought I saw your hand over to have to stand up with my recent experience of Toastmasters. But the thing that I think robs us of our joy at Christmas time is negative thinking and not surrounding ourselves with positive virtues. Good. Thank you, Nick. Anybody else? Okay. Well, this is a good start for my sermon. Let's, uh, let, uh, let's uh, see if, the, if we can find a good way for us to uh, control uh, take control of this season and, and remember the joy that this season brings to us. Let me turn this off. Okay. Joy. I want to give you some good news this morning. 
And that good news, it's good news any time of the year, really, but I think especially at Christmas time, and here it is. You were made for joy. You were made for joy. Um, you were not made to fret and worry and to think dark thoughts. You were made for peace and love and light and joy. There's a story that's told about a woman who had always dreamed of traveling to England and riding a, a train through the English countryside. And, and then one day, her dream came, came true. She, she flew from the United States to London, and after a good night's sleep, she got on the train. But after a short while, she began fretting. She was fretting about the windows and the temperature in the in the car she was in she complained about her seat assignment she rearranged her luggage and and on it went things like that until suddenly she realized that she had reached her final destination and with deep regret she said to the person meeting her at the station if i had only known i was going to arrive so soon i wouldn't have wasted my time fretting about so much Well, folks, that's the story of so many of our lives, isn't it? We get to the end of our lives and we realize that we've spent so much time fretting over so many things, complaining about this and that. And and all the while, life is passing us by. So let me say it once again. You were made for joy. Poet... uh, Carl Sandburg understood that. He once wrote this about children. You were made for joy, child. The feet of you were carved for that. The ankles of you run for that. The rise of rain, the shift of wind, the drop of a red star on a far water rim, an endless catalog of shouts and laughters, silent contemplations. They made you from day to day For joy, child, for joy. So you see, the poet understood that we were made for joy. And the Apostle Paul also understands this. He writes in our lesson from Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Those are beautiful words of joy, aren't they? But do you know what makes those words even more incredible? Paul wrote these words while he was in prison while he was, in effect, on death row. And we are told that when he wrote this letter, he was literally chained to a Roman soldier and guarded day and night, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with the only prospect of, only the prospect of, do, of death looming over him. And yet he could still say, do not be anxious about anything. Wow. I don't know about you, but I think I'd be a bit bit anxious if I were under those circumstances. Don't you think so? But not Paul. Instead, he tells us to rejoice. You know, it takes a special kind of faith to proclaim 
joy in such dire circumstances, doesn't it? The kind of faith that comes from living in the center of God's will and God's love. And guess what? You and I were made for that kind of joy. So what is it that robs you of your joy this morning? Is it worry about the future? That's the root of a lot of our anxiety, isn't it? We're worried about the future. Advice columnist Ann Landers uh, used to get somewhere around 10,000 letters every month about people's problems. And she was once asked, what is the number one problem that people have? And, And she said that without a doubt, the number one problem that most people have is anxiety. She said people are afraid of losing their health. They're afraid of losing their wealth. They're afraid of losing uh, loved ones. People are afraid to live. A man was lying in bed one night and he found himself worrying. He thought to himself, this is very strange. Here I am lying in bed and I don't have a worry in the world. And then the thought came to him, that worries me. You know anybody like that? Someone who would worry about the fact that they don't have anything to worry about? You know who you are. The fact is that some of us fret over such minor things. As some unknown poet put it, it's the little things that bother us and put us on the rack. You can sit upon a mountain, but you can't sit upon a tack. (laughs) As so often the case, it's the, it's the little things that tie us up in knots and, and keep us fretting and worrying and losing our joy. So what's robbing you of your joy this morning? Is it anxiety about your, your future? Could be. The insightful writer Isaac Dennison said God made the world round so that we could never be able to see too far down the road. And that's probably true. We can't see all the way down the road. And and that in and of itself is a cause of anxiety for many, many people, many of us. And sadly, there's something within us that, that causes us to look down that road with fear instead of with faith. But you weren't made for that. You were made for joy. All right, how many of you have watched It's a Mir- It's a, a Wonderful Life yet on TV this year? Some of you, it's already been on. I, I saw it one time. Some of you have seen it already this year. Others of you, how many have seen it other times? Okay, most of us have seen that, that wonderful movie. It's a Wonderful Life. Most of you know the story. It's about a young man named George Bailey who's dream- who dreams of doing great things such as traveling the world and and making his father proud of him. But none of those dreams come true. Instead, he ends up trapped, basically, in a small town with a a two-bit savings and loan company, wondering whether his life is really worth anything at all. And, of course, he discovers through the events that take place that his life is very valuable because of the impact that he he has had on other people. Here's the thing about that movie. Did you know that that movie is much more popular now than it was when it first came out? 
Back in 1946, when this movie first came out, its box office performance was a bit lackadaisical. It was just kind of, eh, it was okay. And one writer suggested that, that one reason for its resurgence is that it resonates so well with so many disappointed baby boomers who feel just like George Bailey. They feel like life has not turned out exactly the way they planned for it to turn out. And so they, they want to know that they matter, that what they have done has made a difference. So is that the source of your anxiety today, that, that your life will be a disappointment? Some people lose their joy because they are continually comparing their lives with others. And so they, they focus not on their, their blessings, but on their shortcomings. Futurist Faith Popcorn says that one possible downside of the Internet is the development of what she calls comparative anxiety. She says that the Internet has created a world that is so networked, so connected, that it allows everyone to compare everything instantly. How much money are you, are you making compared to people your own age who graduated from the same college? How many words does your baby know versus millions of other babies across the world at exactly the same age? She predicts that this ability to benchmark yourself in seconds against other people will create an epidemic of comparative anxiety, a national wave of insecurity. So is that what's robbing you of your joy, comparing yourself to others? How many of you know George Goble? You remember George Goble? Some of you do. I can tell who does. George Goble... Uh, a, a comedian from, from days gone by, he, he found one way to deal with this anxiety. Uh, apparently, George Goebel used to live right across the street from Lou Costello, from Abbott and Costello. Uh, and Costello really got into Christmas. Yeah, he was one of these guys that you know, uh, really put a drain on the electric facilities. You know, he put lights out all over the place. He had... Christmas displays all over his, his, his yard, his house. He had angels and music and reindeer and Santa Claus and thousands of Christmas lights all over the place, while Goble across the street didn't do anything except to put out one sign. And that sign said, See our display across the street. I guess that's one way to deal with comparative anxiety at Christmas time, with humor. But let me ask you something. Are those the kinds of things that, that are keeping you from rejoicing? Fear about the future. Fear that, that we don't measure up to others. Well, folks, listen to this. Do you remember the first thing that the angel said to the shepherds watching over their flocks on that first Christmas night? you remember the first thing that the angel said? The angel said to him, to them, first of all, fear not. And I think that that's an important word for all of us as we approach this year's celebration of Christmas. Don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid of the future with all of its uncertainties. God holds the future and God will not let us down. Don't be afraid that somehow your life doesn't measure up. God loves you just the way you are. And that's a word of hope and joy for us tonight, today. Toward the end of the 15th century, all of Europe was caught up in this, this lull of despair and, and hopelessness. And in fact, there was such dismay that, that people believed that the end of the world was coming very soon. In the year 1492, a, a German author produced a, a book titled The Nuremberg Chronicle, which was basically a, a compendium of all of the calamities that had befallen the human race up, up to that point in history. And then with a climax, a climax of dejection, the author invited the reader to use blank pages at the end of the book to record further catastrophes that would occur, certainly, before the not-too-distant end of the world. But then the next year, a battered-up little ship sailed into the harbor of Lisbon that had come through the storms of the Atlantic, and at the helm was a man whose story was too amazing to be true. Because, you see, he didn't speak about the end of the world, but about a new world with endless possibilities. His name, of course, was Christopher Columbus. And the point is that just when things looked their worst, something happened which changed their despair into hope. And that can happen to us as well. The first thing that the angel said to the shepherd was, fear not. And the second thing that they said was, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. My friends, Christmas was never intended to be a season of anxiety, but a season of joy. And that's why Paul's words in Philippians are so appropriate for this season of Advent. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice! In his book titled Talking to Ducks, James Kitchens explains that there's two major types of joy. There's the an internal joy and there's an external joy. And that, that internal joy comes from within. It's, it's something that we have inside here. But the external joy kind of comes and goes with whatever is happening in our environment. When the circumstances change in one direction, we're joyful. But when fortunes uh, reverse, our joy leaves us. But that internal joy stays with us no matter what our circumstances may be. Tony Evans tells about the night when darkness descended upon New York City during the blackout of 2003. It was a chaotic night. Evans happened to be there that night. Uh, Manhattan was completely shut down. All the airports were, were shut down. The rail stations, even the, the subways were, were shut down. But there was one exception to that darkness. You see, Evans happened upon a restaurant where people were lined up to get hot food. And he says that in that dark situation all across New York, there was that 
this one place with all of this light and, and all of this joy and music and laughter and excitement and people were gathered around and it was a celebratory uh, spirit there. And so he went over to the manager and, and he said, Mr., I don't understand this. It's dark everywhere, everywhere else. Airport's right over there and it's dark. My hotel is right over there and it's dark. Everything is dark, but here you are lit up like a Christmas tree. How can this be? So the manager said, well, it's really pretty simple. When we built this place, we built it with a gas generator. And so we've got power on the inside that is not determined by circumstances on the outside. Evans goes on to say, when you accepted Jesus Christ, he came on, he came into the inside. And what's, what's happening on the outside should not determine whether or not you have a lighthouse on the inside. What's happening out there shouldn't determine your joy. You see, God has given us a generator of life and liberty for our souls through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And we don't have to live our lives determined by life circumstances. Fear not, the angel said to the shepherds. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Here is the reason that we have such light and hope during the darkness of December. Here is how we can have that internal joy in the midst of external despair. A Savior has been born who is Christ the Lord. Have you heard the story of Isaac Watts? Watts was one of the most prolific hymn writers of all time. But he had a, a great internal peace in the midst of truly, a truly difficult external circumstance. You see, Isaac Watts was, a, was sickly as a child, and he barely survived childhood. In fact, his, his health was so frail that he often couldn't even stand up. He, he became the pastor of a large chapel in London uh, in his 20s uh, because of his outstanding training and, and abilities. And he found himself in a position of, of helping trainee pastors despite his poor health. But his health began to fail seriously in his early 30s. And, and during this time, he developed a fever that, that shattered his constitution. His delicate condition frequently prevented him from serving his congregation the way he wanted to. But he wrote his hymns because he felt that the church music of his day was mostly dull and, and de depressing. And so he, he wrote the words to over 600 hymns and practically revolutionized church singing. Now, Isaac Watts had a lot of reasons to be afraid, but he had a joy on the inside that could never fail him. And during this season, we sing one of the most outstanding pieces that he ever wrote. We sang it just a few moments ago, Joy to the World. The Lord has come.
Let earth receive her king. Some authorities say that that's the most widely sung of all Christmas carols, and I believe it. But I think that Isaac Watts is a good example for all of us to follow. Fear not. That's what the angel said to the shepherds. Fear not. For behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the King. Don't worry about your future this Advent season. God's in control. Don't worry about disappointing your family or your friends. Let them know that you love them. That's the greatest gift that you can give to them. In fact, that's the gift that God gave to us in that stable in Bethlehem. In the words of the Apostle Paul, Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. We're going to sing a hymn of response, uh, number 295, Near to the Heart of God. And there, there may be someone here today who would like to respond in some way to the work of God's Spirit in your life. Um, perhaps you'd like to uh, make a commitment to Christ in some way today or to unite with our church, or perhaps you would like to come and and have a time of prayer as we sing together. But as God has has worked in your heart, we invite you um, to respond in some way that's appropriate to you. And so we invite you to do that as as we sing together our hymn of response, 295, Near to the Heart of God. Would you come?
Beloved of the Lord, go from here with the joy of Christ in your hearts. Let your gentleness be known to all. The Lord is by your side always, and so cast your worry aside. And by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God will always keep you. Amen.